Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? A lot of stuff once again. What we're going to do is lay out the next couple of days. We're going to reiterate the concept of what might or might not happen next week, talk a little bit about the cycles, touch a little bit about the head and shoulders thing, talked about that inside the numbers live today. That's the live trading room. So what we want to do is we want to touch on all that stuff and try and put together a few possible schematics, but we also need to know where each of them is wrong. That's the key place where the chart really changes from downtrend back to uptrend, from uptrend back to downtrend, and vice versa. So we need to know those important spots. So let's pull back a little bit. We'll assess what's going on on the daily chart. So yesterday, at least as it stands now, they made a low. They did not make a lower low today, and they had somewhat of a reversal day. Now let's talk about the type of reversal day. They didn't have it on extraordinarily heavy volume. That means we didn't really see institutional participation. It's not like the market made an important low, reversed, heavy volume, finished near the highs. It was a reversal candle per se, but it wasn't really a reversal in the market per se. So we have options expiration a short week. So the options will expire tomorrow, being Thursday, and that's the last trading day of the week. The first couple of days was down. Now, today was up. Can we go up into a three-day holiday weekend? And the answer is, more often than not, they actually will go up into a three-day holiday weekend. It's a seasonality thing, doesn't happen all the time, might not happen tomorrow. It's more of an awareness type of thing. That leads me to the next thing. Let's say they do go up tomorrow. Let's say they go up strong and they finish the week extremely strong. Where would that be kind of, sort of about? It would really be back above that 448, maybe even 449 area into these moving averages. 448 would raise an eyebrow. Closing the week above 448 would be a very, very good sign for the bull case and further upside. And then you say, but wait, he said last night that there's a cycle culminating into next week. The market was going down. He talked about all this downside stuff, and that's right. So here's the thing. Can the market go up today and tomorrow and then back down next week? And it certainly can. Let's say the market goes up again tomorrow and it goes up Maybe it's at 447. Maybe it's as high as 448. Doesn't close above there, but it has a nice positive day. What does it look like? Looks like another candle up here, but then what is it? It's a down move, and all you had was two up days. Doesn't really change the trend. Isn't a bona fide reversal. Doesn't mean they're going to continue higher, so that concept would essentially still be on the table. However, If they close the week above 448, I'm not really looking down into next week. They could go down, but that's not really where my mind will be. So 448 from an end of week perspective is very important to me. 
By the way, let's reiterate how these cycles work. It's about time, not price. So also, let's say the market goes up, goes up tomorrow, it goes up on Monday, and I'm making this up, and it goes down on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, that's down into that time frame, isn't it? They don't have to make lower lows. They could go down and be back at 440. I'm just saying there's a lot of different ways this plays out. The way we lay it out is always the way the preferred method would be, what we would like to have happen because we're prepared for it. I would love for them to flush down next week, buy the market, and have them rip higher. But the likelihood of that schematic playing out is like one in four, one in five. By the way, remember we talked about that head and shoulders nonsense last night, and I said a lot of these don't play out when a lot of people start talking about them. They show up on TV, they show up on YouTube, they show up in your email box. The more they show up, the more they're going to be a failure and off the table. While we're on the topic, I brought back the neckline. So as you can see today, we're approaching the neckline again. So here's what I'll say. Forget about 448. If you close the day above, even an hour, back above this neckline, we'll call it a day, back above this neckline, that's going to take that head and shoulders off the table. How many people do you think know that? There it is on the daily chart. That's the one we were looking at, and they work probably less than 50% of the time. Yet, they're the most discussed, questioned patterns in the planet. I get more questions pertaining to head and shoulders pattern than anything else, and most of the time, they don't work. You do the math on that one. How about another one? What happens if tomorrow's not up? What happens if tomorrow's down? Then what do you have? You have basically the makings of a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. What does that tell you? That tells you price wants to go lower before completion, or they have to get above certain stuff to take that pattern off the table. That's what that means. And by the way, everybody's expecting the market to trade up into the holiday weekend. It's a seasonality thing. Traders are trained that way. I'm not the only one that knows about that kind of thing. So guess what? It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew, to pull the rug out a little tomorrow, send the market down at least in the morning hours, specifically to screw over the short-duration option traders, and then maybe they float higher into the afternoon session. That's not out of the question. Here's the weekly chart. Again, we're focused on the weekly close. That's after tomorrow. But what happens if they fill this gap up here and they close the week right around that 20-period moving average, 449, 450, 448 is close by. It's up in that neighborhood. Well, essentially, all they would have done during this week was gap lower, run a test of some lower stuff, come right back, and they'd be eating still some time off the clock right around this 20-period moving average, doing what? You got it, building energy for another move higher. Right. What we talked about when they started this routine in the downward direction of, look at the weekly chart. You have to put the moves in perspective. On the daily chart, on an hourly chart, it looks like big moves. On a weekly chart, not so much. They're just doing a normal kind of market goes up, market goes down routine. 
They're right where they were at the end of March. No big deal. Here's a 120 chart. I don't discuss this kind of stuff often, but I see it, so I might as well point something out that I think is helpful depending on how you choose to look at the chart, how you choose to look at things. So I like to look at things a variety of different ways. I'm kind of testing things all the time. So we have a market that's been stair-stepping down. So the last step, it really settled into this area. So this has been a range. Goes up, goes down, we're at the top end of the range, they're approaching the top end of the range. Well, if they get above this area, what's next? Well, they wanna go into this next box that exists over here, so we just split the difference and say, well, if they wanna get into the next box, the next range, so they're gonna get out of this range in the northern direction and into the secondary or the most previous range, and guess what? What happens if we just say, well, where are they going within the range? How about the middle of the range? I know the box just disappeared, but the middle of the range was right here. Where is that? 448, 449, in that neighborhood. It's another way to look at the same stuff. If they start pushing above the convergence of these moving averages on the 120 chart, they're gonna challenge the high over here, and then after that, they're gonna wanna fill the gap. Is the gap going to be it, or will they push through the gap a little bit most likely, and guess what? That puts you in that 448 and higher camp. You see how this works? You can look at it a variety of different ways. I don't have the patent on correct information. Just as an aside, figured I'd throw this in. Lazy swing trader folks have been in NCLH since the 7th. That was last week. It was down here. Here we are. The market's been going down, and this has been fighting a very important area. Traders had a choice, buy the stock or buy the option. I provided the option strike price and suggested expiration time frame or date, and therefore today those options were up at one point at least 50%. Here's a daily chart. So what happened here? So the market broke out, or this stock, Norwegian Cruise, broke out, and it came back to retest the former breakout area, creating what? Creating a swing trade. How you doing? Each chart gets treated independent of one another. The market was struggling. This wasn't bouncing, but it wasn't falling, which tells us what? Tells us that was an important area. That tells us there was accumulation going on in that area. Accumulation of what? Accumulation of this stock. This trade is now what we call a risk-free emotionless trade. Now we'll move over to inside the numbers. What we'll do is run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It was hump day. Not much activity overnight other than an attempt at a wounded cat bounce. The numbers shape up like this. Down south, there's some unfinished business with a minimum required price of 435.65. They didn't do that. I was prepared to buy that. I was prepared to buy that. And I was prepared to buy 433. But they didn't do either. They just basically ran a test of an important place early on, which we'll get to in a few moments as we scroll ahead. And then they just had one of those floater days in the northern direction. So forget about the southern stuff. Let's look up north. What about a rescue operation, a rally that sticks? SPY 441 is still the spot the bulls need to recapture to begin repairing some of the damage on the charts. 441.65 is important and overhead resistance. Those are two different numbers. They're close together, but
but they're both important for different reasons. Then you have the next magnetic spot would be 443. And for the visual, right of the vertical is today's activity. Your lower line is 441. The middle line is 441.65. You can see what happened. They spike it above. They pull back to where? 441, the other important number. Once they get above, they run a test of 441.65, so we get confirmation that that's important, and then they go on to what? The number they missed earlier, they go and get 443, and then you'll see later in the notes, the next place was 444. So it pays to know your numbers. Above one opens the door for the next. Below one opens the door for the next down south. We do it based on time. The longer they stay above or below a certain number, the more likely they're going to go to the next important number. As long as you know where those numbers are, the magnetic numbers that draw price in, then you're in good shape. Let's see what we have as the day gets underway. I would be interested in a long position with a spike of 436. They didn't do that. So we have to go back to the drawing board later when the market tells us something that's an opportunity. We have the numbers on the board. For now, 438.25 is the pivot. So we know 440 is magnetic. It's going to draw a price in, but it's not really that important. The important stuff was up here, 441.65. We've got numbers above, numbers below. The pivot is important, 438.25. I want you to focus on this lower line. The only line on the screen, 438.25, 10.15. They run a test, and the low is 438.26. The rest is history. That was the pivot. Funny how this works. So we're moving along. Running a test of the pivot is one thing. Getting below and closing candles below is a different thing. More time below tells us something different than the bull case if they're below the pivot. That's the reason. Tape is quiet. It's a relief rally at present. The pivot down south, 438 and a quarter. And then that was right before they went down to run a test of the pivot. Here it is. 438.26 low against 438.25. Funny how that works, and here you go. If they're above 440 on candle closes, the target is 441 and then still 441.65. So that worked out, and there were traders in the live room that did take that trade from what I was told. We had one of our Q&A sessions in the live room today. I like those. Closing candles above 441.65 opens the door for what? Not 442, but 443. So guess what? There's about 14 handles away. They did that, then they went to the next one. See how this works? So there you have it. I'm going to scroll up, read the notes, pause the video if you have to. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. doesn't matter if the market was volatile or quiet. If the numbers are right, there's an opportunity, there's something for everybody. Not everybody has to be comfortable with a hop on board and ride it to the next number type of trade. But there are traders that like those trades, so there it is. Stocks on the move. There were only four on the board today. Only two hit their numbers. One jumped the target, but we'll look at PayPal anyway. The other one was INFY. Earnings season is getting kicked off. It got kicked off today. We just didn't have a lot of opportunity yet, but wait till next week. They're going to come fast and furious. This is the time when we have six, seven, eight, ten on the board. I try and keep it to a minimum. I try and cherry pick, but it's very difficult. Sometimes we have a long laundry list. PayPal, look at that. The only problem is 
The opening print was 102.64, 20 cents below my entry target. So some traders take that anyway, they get rewarded. However, by the rules, by the book, painting by the numbers, my numbers, if it opens below a number, I'm looking to the next number. I don't take that number. It just is what it is. Doesn't always work out like this. Sometimes they go right to the second number. Sometimes they do this. You know what comes next. The numbers work. Infosys. So you can see here in the second five-minute candle, the low is 21.54. In the next five-minute candle, the high was 21.88. Doesn't sound like a lot, but in the scalp trading world on a $21 stock, they did the thing. They gave you, and then some, the minimum required base hit. And then they did it off the second price coming up short of the third, but they went back up toward the first. So they did it twice. The numbers work. When we were doing the live session in the room, one of the questions that came up because the stock was moving at the time was AbbVie. The stock was getting creamed. I was asked for the number. I gave 156.50, and here were my exact words, quote, unquote. The number is 156.50, but there's a gap at 156.05, so you would think they would go fill the gap, but the number is 156.50. The low was 156.45. Hey, you doing? Regardless of whether anybody took that trade or not, I have to just take the W on that one. So what's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, still in a downtrend, still below these moving averages, had a big up day like everything else, and that's where we've got that all the same market type of condition. But here's the first thing my eye went to. You have a low, you have the higher low, and we talk about this every night. You have a higher low so far. You might not in the end, but right now you do. And whether or not that hold down into next week ever plays out or not, doesn't really matter. Right now, the chart says you have a higher low. That's a bullish thing. Other charts look tough. The weekly chart is a debacle. It's got a bear flag pattern that says price is going to go a lot lower. But what would happen if they recaptured and closed a week, not saying tomorrow, but if they closed a week above last week's high, this last big breakdown candle. Guess what? They're going to go higher. They're going to get up into that 50-period moving average if that happens. That may be a tradable event. We'll see. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They came close, but you have a higher low. So they ran a test of the former lows. They're trying to bounce. They have a lot of work to do. First order of business, get above 15000 and then we'll talk. And even then, the discussion becomes, what about the moving averages? Here's the way I'm looking at this, for now at least. Let's say the pattern we discussed on the S&P 500 and other markets with the higher low type of situation and another rally, we're talking about a rally to, let's just say, 470, 475 in the SPY. Let's just say that all takes place. So in the event that does, the transports will be rallying too. Now, the chart looks different. They may rally to run a test of, let's just say, this breakdown candle high up at 16,300 or 400. And that may be a failure point while the other market's charts look totally different. But then you look at the weekly chart and you say, well, wait a minute, if they're doing that and they get above this weekly chart, breakdown candle high, 
15, 5, 21, 82. Then they'll be getting above all the moving averages once again. You have a whole new conversation on your hands. Would it take a lot to get up there? How about two or three big up days, which obviously happened before, will happen again. They can do it. It's possible. I'm not saying they're going there tomorrow. I'm saying it's possible. I think next week is going to be a really, really important culmination point for the markets. I think they're either going to show us the bullish side of things or they're going to form some kind of a low providing an opportunity. Either way, I think there's an opportunity next week. What about the Q people? Chart looks very similar to the SPY, of course. It came up short of my number yesterday. We'll take it off the table. But today they had a reversal candle of sorts. Again, same routine. It's not on tremendous volume. It's not even better than the average daily volume, still below all the moving averages. So if you just look at both sides of the coin, you say, on one hand, it was a nice positive up day. Could be a reflex rally, relief rally, dead cat bounce, all that stuff. And they could still be doing this, which puts the market lower. So we don't know. Feels good. It's a green day. Everybody's going to be bullish. But that's what's really happening. We don't know yet. You're still below all these moving averages. So this is bearish until it's not. How about the financials? So this is interesting. They started lower. They made a lower low and reversed, finished on the highs above yesterday's close. That package of information is bullish. One correction to that. They finished at yesterday's close. No accidents, no coincidences. 37, 31. I think there's some unfinished business down south. For now, it's a fake out operation until they start closing at least hourly and then daily above 37.75. Smash Mouth, same routine. They're teetering. So far, they've made a higher low, but there's nothing robust about today in the transports. 2.5% is nice, but you have to consider where they've come from. They were up at 281, 282. Now they're at 240, so they're up a couple of bucks. It's not really a big deal, up five or six bucks. It's not a big deal. They start getting above yesterday's high and closing above there. Then they start working on other stuff. Until that happens, it's just an update near the lows. That's it. You see here today, they tried to run a test of yesterday's high. They couldn't do it. They fell back down. Doesn't mean they won't do it tomorrow. It's just not today. Here's the weekly chart. Is this just a test? of the breakup candle low, or are they about to fail? We're going to find out, but this is a very important spot. Remember, it is an Irene number. We talked about where they might go if they just spiked it and then decided to turn around slightly lower, that 231 down to whatever that is, 228 and change. But that is a really important number from a weekly chart perspective. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.